Another thing that really keeps me up at night is just how to keep up with our customers, trying to make sure that we are staying relevant, that our brand evolution is working at the pace that our customers are changing at and that we're meeting their needs and meeting them where they are. Welcome to Behind the Brand, presented by NEO. We take an inside look at the leaders behind today's most influential brands. I'm your host, Jeff Adamson. As co-founder of NEO Financial and Skip the Dishes, I am fascinated by what it takes to build great companies. This season, we'll learn from leaders who are reimagining, innovating, and transforming industries all across Canada. Let's get going. Today, I'm excited to introduce Trin Tam, Chief Marketing Officer at Harry Rosen, Canada's most iconic luxury menswear retailer. Throughout her career, Trin has led the growth of some of Canada's most recognizable brands. As Vice President of Integrated Marketing, Trin led the Tim Hortons brand through Canada 150 with a special edition of Roll Up the Rim. As Head of Marketing for Entertainment Brands at Bell Media, she launched Crave TV. And as Senior Director of Marketing and Merchandising at Loblaw, reimagined the PC label, just to name a few. Now, she is responsible for reinventing how Harry Rosen connects with clients and drives business growth through its brand strategies, loyalty program, digital innovation, and e-commerce experience. So other than transforming an iconic Canadian menswear brand, what's been keeping you busy these days? Well, you know, definitely the transformation has been a challenge. Uh, you know, everyone's aware of the climate that we've been in. What's been keeping us busy is people, talent, making sure that we are getting the best talent on our team. There's a lot of orchestration that we do to develop our strategies to get everybody aligned and on the same page. And there's this rebuilding of culture that's happening right now because we're all trying to figure out, you know, how to work in person and on the phone and, you know, on video chat. Like I'll tell you something funny that happened last week. We were all in and we were doing a brainstorm about a certain initiative that we're about to launch. And then we had three groups of people in the office gathered around three computers in three different rooms, but we were all in the office. And we were all having technical difficulties trying to get on. So I literally walk out of my office and I poke my head out and I say, can we all just go to the boardroom and sit around in person? And everyone looked up and went, oh my goodness, yes, we can do that. So we all got up and then we all sat around a big table and had a conversation like the good old days. And it was it was amazing. So for me, it's really about now trying to figure out how to engage the team in a different way and make sure everyone's on the same page. Because now, you know, the other half of the team was still mm-hmm. virtual. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it takes quite a while, like even longer than I expected to, to break some of the habits that were formed during some of the lockdowns. And, you know, there might be someone working 100 meters away or a floor away and yeah. you've got a meeting with them and you, you hop on a video call. You almost need to take a second and you're like, wait a minute, like, all right, I'm just going to walk a one minute. And then actually sit down with that person rather than being on a video call. Did you find that that it was more difficult? for you to lead when you had kind of teams that were spread out versus, you know, what you're maybe used to, which was in, in-person leadership? I would say at the beginning, yes, because it's really hard to read body language and it's hard to read everybody's body language, especially folks you can't see. Mm-hmm. But we then all decided that we we're going to be a cameras on culture. So we really encourage our team to be cameras on and just be present in the moment in the conversation, like you would, you know, in a room, you, in a room, our culture was also put your phone down and look people in the eye and have conversations and be present. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a moment of pause when that kind of happened, but then we got over that very quickly. I still feel like there's nothing that can replace 
face-to-face human interaction. We went down to Tampa a few weeks ago to shoot this golf-style campaign. We had, you know, members of my team, members of our agency crew all down there, and we had so much fun together. You got to joke around. You got to see the, like, the dedication of the people who were there on set. You got to see the dedication of the team physically working on something together. Mm-hmm. And there's just energy and chemistry you just cannot replace, I don't believe. Although there were a lot of things that came out of that virtual world that was good because it meant that you, know, you can squeeze in an extra two meetings or an extra full meeting because you didn't have to commute. There's good and bad with everything, but I think the thing was just to stay positive and make sure you're finding all the good takeaways. But, you know, another thing that really keeps me up at night is just how to keep up with our customers, trying to make sure that we are staying relevant, that we our brand evolution is working at the pace that our customers are changing at and that we're meeting their needs and meeting them where they are. And that right now, I feel like the dust has not settled on all that. And we're going to be going through a period of chaos as people are trying to figure out, am I going to be at home? Am I going to be in the office? Am I going to be both? What's my new schedule like? Can I travel? Can I not travel? Can I go to an event? Can I not go to an event? Mm -hmm. You know, should I still wear a mask even though I don't have to wear a mask? And there's a lot of uncertainty right now still that I think as marketers, it actually makes our jobs really exciting because we got to figure that out. Yeah, it's an interesting time as well because many of us were, were kind of locked down. Our nice clothes kind of sat in the closet for a long time, but then you're kind of coming back out again. And But then when you think about appearances, and, and this is something I'm interested to get your thoughts on, because you always hear people say like, hey, don't judge a book by its cover, not all about appearances. But, you know, Harry Rosen is a lot about looking good, feeling good. But at the same time, there's a lot of a strong movement about things like mental health or being kind of your the best version of yourself. How do you think about weighing those two things, given that you are very much on the appearances side of that equation? not a bad thing to want to look good. And it's not unnatural for people to look at somebody to visually see a cue Mm -hmm. and form opinions. That is one of our major, obviously, senses. That is how people process information about other people, about other situations, about just about anything in life. And so the first sense when you meet somebody, just as when the first time I got to see what you look like, it's instant, right? Mm -hmm. So we all process information visually, for those of us who have vision, our mantra at Harry Rosen is, you actually just said it, is about not just looking good, but feeling good. And so we are really looking at that from a purpose-driven point of view is how can we help men not just look good, but feel good about themselves. And so helping men feel confident in how they look Mm -hmm. is directly related to mental health. So if we can help men feel more confident because, you know, what they can come in, we can spend some one-on-one time, say, you know, Jeff, you came in, take you through the store and we would outfit you into something that you were comfortable with. That's key. It has to reflect who you are and how you like to portray yourself. You'll walk out feeling good about yourself mm-hmm. and then therefore it'll just all fall into place. And so to us, that's really important is to pair those two things together. But, you know, we don't take mental health lightly at all from a customer point of view it's been a really tough and challenging year there are times where we were actually closed for eight months out of a 12-month period imagine what that does to your team your team culture team environment your people the uncertainty of it all when you get to come back to the office again or when you get to go back to work again so how, how do you show up as a leader then like i think people get a lot of fulfillment out of the work that they do and to be kind of having to hit pause for eight months at a time or 
you know, you being kind of the leader of this group, how did you have to show up and, and change your own style? Because I'm, I'm assuming that you haven't really experienced this before in your career. And so you're figuring it out as you go as well. None of us have had to. So some of it was just drawing on who you are as, you know, just being true to yourself. And for me, it was two things, staying positive and always looking for the good in every situation. And two, just being real and being mm-hmm. authentic. And in some ways, being a little bit more vulnerable and allowing yourself. No, I don't think I've ever been as comfortable as I am now putting myself out there, even mm-hmm. having a conversation just with you about this topic. It is something that is over the last couple of years, I've, I've learned that it's actually okay to show the more human side of who you are. It's okay to tell people, you know what, I don't have the answer. I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know the right answer on the next thing to do, but I have ideas. I always have opinions. Most of the time I'll have an opinion about something, but I also leave it open for my team to share their opinions and we talk and we be transparent about our thoughts, our feelings, the direction. It's making sure you're also calling on some of those quieter people in the room aren't always offering their opinion right away, you know, who aren't always jumping at the occasion to offer their opinion and making sure you're creating space for people. In order for that to happen, you really have to show people you're willing to to share too. And so there's a safe space for that. You mentioned something earlier, you know, about being true to yourself and, you know, being authentic. And I feel like this is something that we all kind of know to be true and strive for. I don't think I've ever heard someone say, be inauthentic or, you know, lie to yourself. But many people, I think, do struggle to be authentic and to be true to themselves. Your journey to becoming an authentic leader, what was that like? Is it something that you kind of flipped a switch? Was it something that you've consciously been thinking about for your, you know, last 20 years? How did you get here? Definitely, it's been a journey over the last 20 years. I can tell you there have been points in my career, I mean, like a decade ago, there's probably no way I would have had this conversation talking about myself in this kind of intimate setting with you. I would have been very self-conscious of, of myself. Everything would have been very planned. I would have had made notes. I don't know that I would have had, you know, as fluid a conversation or I would have been as comfortable having as mm-hmm. fluid a conversation. But I find it it is also being open to learning about other people and being accepting of different styles and personality types on your team and also helping team members to diffuse, you know, tension in situations. We have had some situations on the team where I have, some different personality types and people coming from different experiences and in different cultures and different backgrounds. So I think celebrating differences is, is really important. I've been much better at being able to celebrate a little bit of fun at my own, you know, nuances and personality traits. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that's being real. You know, they always say that people connect with truth. Mm-hmm. People connect with humor generally when it's true. So the funniest things are always, I think, the truest things. But at the same time, it's also, like I said, celebrating some of those strengths in people. And I've also just tried to lead by example. You know, when I say, let's go camera on, I go camera on. When I say, I don't always have the answer, so can someone else jump in? I stop talking. I hold back on trying to provide an opinion if I want some others to to jump in. Mm-hmm. I think it's also about recognizing when somebody might be having a bad day and and that's okay. Whereas I think sometimes in the past, I think people who've had, you know, a bad day or someone who hasn't felt right or was, you know, maybe someone was stressed out about the situation that was happening over the last years or they have some family issues going on. You don't know what's going on on the other side of that camera. And having empathy to stop and ask, hey, are you okay? I noticed something was awful about you today. How, How can I help? 
And usually when you put Mm -hmm. your hand out like that, people respond well. And it just breaks down that this feeling of fear and anxiety is what that's what I found. It's amazing how much it can mean to those individuals when someone pulls you aside and says, like, hey, how, how are you doing? Just literally those few words can completely change a lot for that individual in terms of how they feel and also how they see you as well as a leader. Even for myself, I, I know like my wife is, is from Kiev, uh, Ukraine. And mm-hmm. so with everything that's going on there, I've just been absolutely surprised. I've been overwhelmed, grateful to just the amount of people who even just today, someone said, hey, like I'm from Bosnia. I grew up in, you know, a kind of a war zone. If you ever want to talk about anything, just, you know, let me know. And because you know, this is what my wife's family is, is kind of going through right now. And it isn't something that I'm used to people coming to me and caring about. And it just shows a different side to these people that, oh my goodness, like these people actually care a lot more and about other things than what I first expected. I have a family connection to the Ukraine as well. I'm sorry to hear about the tough situation there. And it's just, you know, I feel for your wife. It's, it's tough if you have family there as well. I'm sure you're worried about them. But I think you hit on something that's interesting just around being aware of what's happening in the world. You can't just be living just in our little microcosm. There's one thing over the last couple of years I think has been good about the world. It felt a little bit smaller at the beginning, and now it feels a lot bigger to me. Being more aware of the social issues, the big global issues that are happening. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because we're in front of screens more. Maybe this information flow is coming to us faster at a more timely pace we're in front of all, all those screens. But I think as a marketer, it's really important to really understand how people are feeling, what's going on socially, to make sure that you're incorporating those mm-hmm. cues and sensitivities in the work that you do. That's been really important for me. As a marketer, how does this manifest itself in your marketing? When I think of this, it's you look at some of these great brands that are just kind of living and breathing their values, like Patagonia comes to mind. It shows up when they're doing things that actually maybe in the short term hurt their business. You know, I believe the the big one with them was they stopped providing the apparel to some Wall Street firms. For you as a marketer, how do you transfer this authentic leadership style into what Harry Rosen stands for? I'll start by saying how lucky and privileged I feel to be working at an iconic Canadian brand like Harry Rosen. We've been around for 68 years. We're not starting from scratch. The business is still owned by the family and their values are integrated and threaded into our business. It's part of the brand. All we did as from a marketing perspective was come in and make sure that the articulation of that was updated and is clear. We articulated our brand strategy, our values, our passion, creativity, leadership, and inclusivity. And we live and breathe those values. We talked about brand purpose and, you know, we came up with a new tagline, it set the tone, but it really came from this idea of helping men feel good and do good so they can set the tone for whatever happens in their day. You know, you know that you can do better in your personal and professional life if you feel good. And so that has been our mantra. If you live and breathe it, it doesn't feel like work. It's just integrated into everything we do. We have a very diverse team of really passionate leaders, and they're just coming up with great ideas. And, you know, we we work really well to collaborate together, and we've been much more collaborative cross-functionally as well. Mm -hmm. As marketers, we're responsible for ensuring that we're representing our customers. And we talked about visually, that visual identity. The visual identity of the brand has to be represented through making sure that we are diverse in the models 
and the role models whom we work with. So we decided as part of our brand strategy going forward, we're going to work with models and ensure, of course, that there's diversity and representation there. But then that we're also going to be working with role models, so real people who are influential and don't only look good, but also have done great things in their career and their lives and stand for something. So mm-hmm. we've been working with that premise and it has been really fun because when you find the right role model to collaborate with, we're all aligned. So Masai Jury is an example of one of those people. We are working on a program right now where we are reaching out to a number of leaders in respective industries who are going to represent a new private label brand we're just about to launch called Herald. It's all about custom-made clothing where every piece is a collaboration with our customers. They get to insert their inspiration into the collaboration. Now, you mentioned people who are successful, but I feel like there's also a lot of people who are successful that I wouldn't consider role models. And so how do you then be the judge of that and saying like, this person is a role model? Do you have a, you know a set of criteria that you're looking at? And I guess, what is a role model in 2022? Well, it's not always about, you know, you've done the biggest thing or you are the president of the largest organization. To your point, it's yeah. definitely not that. It all starts with relationships. What we like to do, the way we approach it is that we watch the market, we watch people. We stay on top of pop culture and we stay on top of what people are talking about. We also create relationships with people. We can decide to collaborate with a role model just because of an introduction that, say, say you made. Jeff, you know this wonderful person who is doing some really great things in, I don't know, climate change or in banking or in, you know, a specific vertical. And so, you know, we meet these people and we'll have conversations and then we'll leave the meeting understanding whether or not they exemplify our values. So if they exemplify leadership, passion, creativity, inclusivity, that's our criteria. And it doesn't, like I said before, mean it has to be someone who's running a multi-billion dollar organization. It can be someone who exemplified one of our brand values. You mentioned inclusivity and diversity a, a few times, which is kind of interesting from the fact that you're a men's clothing line, which kind of in its own nature can't necessarily be fully inclusive. But again, you've also shown me that you're wearing a men's jacket that's been cut to your frame. How do you think of the evolving role of men in society today? When you think of looking good, feeling good, building confidence, how has that changed You know, over the past 10 years? I mean, that's a really big question. I should back up to say it, it really isn't just about a man, it's about a person. And I find at least the, the people I work with here have taken on a much broader view of what a man should be. Mm. And in some cases, you know, men are not always the breadwinners. In some cases, men are the ones who are now raising families help or be more involved, I should say, in raising families. And I think it's really about carving out your own version of what you think success is. Mm-hmm. And it isn't always the traditional sense of, like it used to be. So our, our new customer, our younger customer, they're trailblazers. They're leading the way in inventing you know, new ways of doing things, new ways of thinking about things. And I think that you know, leadership to me is, is really more about you taking initiative to start something, to take control over something that is important to you. We also have a lot of great customers who have been with us for decades who we are very, very proud to have been servicing all these years. It's really now a big kind of melding of a lot of different perspectives that I think is important for us to, to look at and be much more open-minded. When you ask me, like, you know, what is, what is the modern man like? It's really about, to us, those four leadership values. 
I often get asked, you know, what is it like being a woman in a menswear company? I've never, ever felt out of place. Like I'm, mm-hmm. what, what am I doing here? And you would never ask that question of a man working at a women's wear company. Yeah. So I think that it, I'm happy to see perspectives changing. Yeah. People being much more accepting of what wasn't normal. I think kind of almost anything goes now. You just have to embrace it. And then, you know, when you ask me about just being a menswear company, we sometimes ask ourselves, is it even okay to call ourselves a menswear company? Yeah. You know, do, 100%, do we yeah. just call it clothing or, you know, <laughs> seating? Do we go by category? But there is a tradition in what we do from a custom-made clothing point of view that's really about tailoring, perfect fit, cutting to someone's body type and preferences that, to mm-hmm. me, all it ladders back to personalization. We're about personalizing your style mm-hmm. and helping you feel good and do good, no matter who you are. So not to say that we are necessarily advertising this, but mm-hmm. a woman could walk into one of our stores and nothing's stopping her from buying any of our clothing. And you can certainly go get yourself measured if you would like, like I have. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting too. Even there's another clothing brand that I saw that they had women wearing men's clothes because it just happened to be a really, really cozy button-up jacket. So it is kind of interesting and even kind of tying that back to this idea of uh, authenticity and, and inclusion of kind of like whatever someone's definition of of being a man happens to be, whatever that happens to be, however that person defines it, you always want to be putting, I think, your best version of yourself forward. Absolutely. And I think it's really cool that that is ingrained into kind of your values as a business. I mean, 60 years, Harry Rosen started in the 50s. Is that right? 54. It's been 68 years. Where do you see it going? Like, where do you see Harry Rosen 50 years from now? We've talked a lot about that. And I've personally thought about, you know, am I going to be able to exist beyond my physical body at some point? Will I be able to live (laughs) forever? Your digital suit. So I feel like that's a whole nother hour we could spend. (laughs) It's getting getting very meta. Yes. And it's very meta very quickly. You know, we have so many exciting things right now. And one really wonderful thing we have going for us is we've got an amazing, strong, brand because we have been so consistent over the years about being able to offer personalized service, being able to customize our experience for our customers. And that's something that we've definitely transitioned into the digital world from to the omni-channel space. As I said earlier, we're just about to launch into a new brand called Herald. And this brand is all about custom-made clothing across a number of categories. We have completely embraced the idea of more casual, more sportswear clothing mm-hmm. and really offering men kind of the full gamut of what they need in their day, in their week. Mm-hmm. I see us, you know, looking beyond the Canadian borders. I see us definitely growing this e-commerce business beyond what it is right now. We started off when I joined over two years ago, e-commerce was our smallest store by far. And now it's one of our largest stores. And there's no reason and in the work that we're doing why we should stop growing there and really working to just ensure that we are relevant amongst that newer younger customer who is filling the top of our funnel right now and then keeping everyone else happy at the same time definitely i see us more and more in that digital space whether we're going to be in meta whether we're going to, we're going to exist in some virtual format we just have to keep following what we're doing yeah it's it's kind of one of those things like do you want to be first Probably get some good press if you offered to kind of the world's or maybe Canada's first uh, digital suit. 
is that something that has crossed your mind and been like, ah, maybe let's just wait and see? Absolutely. We've talked about all sorts of ideas. I don't want to move into this digital space just for the sake of it. I don't want it to feel gimmicky and, you know, Mm -hmm. it has to feel, going back to authenticity, it has to feel like that we're doing this for a good reason. And right now we are coming out of a recovery stage Mm -hmm. and our first order of business is ensuring that the customers whom we do have are being serviced at the standards and level that we have always been known for and that we're keeping the overall digital transformation moving along. Mm-hmm. So customers, people, and business transformation, those are those are our key areas of focus right now. You know, use inspiration from other industries, other verticals, and figure out how to make it work in our space. Over the last couple of years, we have launched well over a dozen new technology platforms, new features that are now going to enable us to innovate and try some fun things in the future. So I want to touch on something that you've you know, spend a lot of time on. And and despite the fact that you've held incredible roles at some of Canada's iconic brands, you still find time to give back through either mentorship or volunteering involved in women in sport. Why is that so important to you? And, you know, what advice would you have to other people who may be wanting to have as successful of a career that you had and, and maybe can't seem to find a way to do both at the same time? Right. Well, First, thank you for saying that, but I, I don't actually feel at times, I don't look at myself and think, okay, I'm, I'm there, I'm successful, and I've made it. I do know that I've been doing this for over 20 years. I do know that I've, I've had the opportunity to work on a lot of amazing brands, a lot of great initiatives and accomplishments, always other people and teams involved. And I guess I've learned about myself over the years. I really like to keep busy, and I do have a lot of capacity and energy to do a lot of things. So it used to be that I was a little bit more unstructured with my time where I would work really hard. I had a family. I've been raising over the last 13 years or so. And so I would say yes to everything and do kind of everything. And so what I've learned over the last, like I said, 20 years or so is that if I figure out what I'm passionate about, figure out what I want to and how I want to give back, Mm -hmm. sign myself up for those things or go seek those opportunities if I haven't been asked to help out in those areas. Sometimes you have to go out and find those opportunities that fit what you're looking for. They've actually, you know, being on these boards, volunteering in certain initiatives and programs has actually helped me structure my time better. So I fill my time with things I want to do rather than things that come my way that I just say yes to. And then I, you know, you know, when you said yes to something, you're like, why am I doing this again? Because you said yes, but you didn't really think it through. So that's how I've been able to get to this point where I feel like I'm actually very fulfilled by all the extracurricular things I do, as well as what I do in my regular day. And as a parent, is that you st- I structure the things I want to do. And then, of course, you got to fit in, you know, some self-care, make sure you're taking care of yourself, making sure you're getting enough sleep and some fun time, too. So that's how I've been able to do it. Canadian women in sport. I'm very passionate about diversity, equity and inclusion for myself and my family. And then professionally, it's absolutely integrated into what I do as a marketer. Serving on the board of the Canadian Marketing Association is a privilege. It's an honor, you know, to be amongst the best marketers in Canada. 
some of the other work I do, like I said, it's, it's all when I volunteer is deliberate and thought through. Well, I'm feeling even more grateful for you taking the time to, to chat with me today and, and to kind of give our listeners a better understanding of, of yourself and your brand and your journey. Thank you so much, Trin, for, for joining us and having this chat. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Brand, presented by NEO. If you enjoyed today's show and are interested in joining NEO, head over to join.neo.cc slash podcast 50. This link will also be available in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.